Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. We now know that legislators in Vermont and Delaware are considering bills that would remove the church's right to the seal of confession and would force priests uh, to report admissions or suspicions of child sexual abuse to the criminal authorities. Uh, my guest, uh, Andrea Pachati Bear, has been following this very carefully. She serves as legal analyst for EWTN News and directs the Conscience Project. She's also a fellow at the Institute for Human Ecology at the Catholic University of America. Well, Andrea, good to have you with me again. Oh, Al, it's always a pleasure to be with you and your listeners. I have to say, th- these stories come up every few years, um, and they always strike me as crazy. Uh, do they act- Do people actually think that if the seal of confession is removed, that people who come for confession will confess crimes to priests. I mean, if confessing to a priest is the same as confessing to the police, that's not going to help out uh, the sacrament of penance very much, and that, and I suspect it's not going to help the police very much. You know, Al, you make a really great point at um, the issue of a lack of evidence. Why is the Catholic Church and the sacrament of confession being targeted. Um, I don't think it's because there's any evidence, or at least none has been presented, that there's been, you know, this whole wave of uh, child abusers that are going to confession but aren't making amends, aren't stopping their behavior, and just kind of using this for, you know, going through the rotary of um, the cycle of abuse. Instead, it looks more like our typical anti-Catholic bigotry. And for many people, especially politicians, especially when they're up for election, targeting the church and taking what is a misguided stance, hard stance, um, against abuse is a fashionable and easy thing to, to present. But my concern is that I think it actually, leaves victims in a more vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, and the reason being, Al, is we all know as sinners, each and every one of us and people that frequent the confessional, oftentimes it's the admission of our sins that's the first step in making a change in our behavior. Amen. Yep. They need a safe so, place yeah. where they can, well, a protected and, place where they can take that very first step of confession that what they've done uh, is an offense to both God and man. Well, and as we know, our church in general has developed incredible resources for personnel, including priests outside of the confessional, Mm -hmm. as far as working in partnership with law enforcement, um, helping support families and children that are at risk, and identifying risky behaviors or any kinds of signs of abuse. Um, so I don't think that it, the church has not responded um, to what, what I do believe is a grave offense against God and against the vulnerable, um, child abuse and any mm-hmm. kind of domestic abuse. So it, it does seem to be um, a political ploy, and it's one that smacks in the face of our great tradition of religious freedom in this country. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. This is... these. Uh, bills have been brought up in, before, and they've not been successful, uh, do, they, do they fail because people see through them? They realize that they're not going to get 
the effect that well, assuming they, assuming that they're they're the effect they want is not mere uh, anti-Catholic bigotry, but assuming the effect they want is better criminal justice. Do they usually abandon these things because it, they come to realize that it, this is a futile avenue? It won't give them what they want. You know, I said do um, when legislation isn't going to advance any good end. Um, in Vermont, you mentioned before, Vermont and Delaware are the two states that are currently dealing mm-hmm. with these kinds of proposals. Right. Vermont's legislative committee, um, a deadline was missed because of the issue of the First Amendment implications of repealing what has been a longtime protection for um, the priest and penitent privilege. So I think that there are other lawmakers that realize that um, there are consequences um, to repealing these privileges Mm -hmm. that may get the state or the local government into a different kind of hot water. And so that may be also what's driving why these kinds of laws didn't pass in California and in other jurisdictions as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got two states now. Uh, do you know in the past how many states have toyed with this idea? You mentioned California. I thought Nevada had tried it at one time. There have been several that have. All of the states, including the District of Columbia, do have special protection for the priest-penitent relationship. Some offer much more broad coverage than others. Um, but we do know, in, in looking at some of the cases, um, there are two that jumped out recently that I thought, Al, were worth yeah. sharing with, with your listeners. Sure, One go ahead. involved a priest in Oregon, um, and, and it wasn't involving a case of, of child abuse. This was um, a priest that was ministering to um, uh, a man that was alleged of having committed murder in a jail, and um, and Father Timothy Mokaitis is... Um, dealings with uh, a penitent, uh, an inmate, were secretly recorded um, by the district attorney and right. Jail I staff. remember that. <laughs> and so it was. It was really an amazing um, indication, not only of the priest standing up for his exercise rights, mm-hmm. but also um, his bishop, Archbishop at the time, Francis George that filed um, a lawsuit on behalf of the church, that that recording should be destroyed. Um, it shouldn't be made public. Um, it was made public, but it, it had to be destroyed um, in order to avoid the chilling effect that it would have on the church's prison ministry in particular and on um, the seal of confession. The Ninth Circuit, which, Al, you know, is not um, incredibly favorable to the church, was... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> was incredibly favorable to freedom and to religious freedom and um, agreed that there were religious freedom implications in what was done um, and that there was also an expectation of privacy that both Father Mokaitis had and the individual inmate had. And so um, breaching that, the government breaching that expectation of privacy was a violation of the Fourth Amendment. So I thought that that was very instructive. Um, it's you know federal case law. It's not um, particularly on the coverage of the First Amendment. It was mm-hmm. dealing with the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which at the time 
people thought um, applied to the states as well as the federal government, but I think it does set an important blueprint. The other case deals with um, a victim uh, penitent who had confessed to a priest in Louisiana, and the the state Supreme Court of Louisiana recognized the importance of the privilege between the priest and the penitent even in the context of when the penitent wanted the priest to divulge what was said. Hmm. Um, the priest there wouldn't even say that confession happened. Wouldn't even, you know, and that's the normal rule that we all know. You right. can't, you know, hey, Father, remember I mentioned that thing in confession, and they have to have amnesia. <laughs> right, um, right. And, a... and he, he stood to his guns on that, and the, the state Supreme Court of Louisiana recognized um, that, so didn't force him to to speak outside. Now, it's worth mentioning in many of these jurisdictions, um, priests, just like teachers, community organizers, coaches, pediatricians, are considered mandatory reporters outside of yes. these privileged settings. That's right. And so um, it's important, just because we're we're protecting the seal of confession, it doesn't mean that we're not serious about sharing information that comes outside of the confessional. That that certainly needs to be shared. I think we, we should also, as Catholics, have a certain appropriate pride in that um, recognizing that the Church, through the sacrament of penance, has really given the world a great blessing. Um, it We actually create an environment a place in space and in time, a protected space where people can turn to God in a way that they can't do anywhere else. And this is often the first step towards amendment of purpose. Uh, and I think this is, I think it's important to recognize that the church is not just another social institution existing by permission of the government. The church is actually an extension of Christ into the world of space and time. Uh, doesn't derive its authority from Caesar. Uh, the state doesn't license the priest. Um, a priest hears confessions because in the sacrament of holy orders, he's been configured to serve as in persona Christi, uh, whose kingdom is not of this world. And I, I think that this is something that Catholics themselves don't think often enough about, And but I think it would be good for us to really spend time explaining uh, to our fellow citizens here why the seal of confession is not only good for the, quote, the Church, but it's good for all humanity. No, I couldn't agree with you more, Alan. I, I wanted just to mention before I'm, I, I spoke about my my sense of how important confession and the seal of confession is to helping an abuser confront the gravity of their sins. Having um, known domestic violence situations, I also want to say the seal of confession is a very important um, protection for victims. Mm. And that when they do go, oftentimes they've been told they're to blame for um, receiving abuse, for being on the other end of abuse, mm. and will go to that place where Christ is embracing them and helping to redirect that no one should be abused. Yeah. And oftentimes it's that that beautiful relationship that a penitent can have, especially a victim of abuse can have with Christ, yeah. to give them the encouragement that they need to go and seek protection, to share their story 
with law enforcement or with family members. And so if that seal is broken, um, it can really create more vulnerability from them for keeping things in the dark very good. instead of yeah. shining light. Yeah. No, excellent point. And uh, just what I, we're out of time here, but how do people stay in touch with your work, Andrea? So please check us out at The Conscience Project. That's conscience-project.org. And um, we look more and more on these issues. Okay. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Thanks, Al. Andrea Pachati bear again, with The Conscience Project. Uh, we'll have more follow-up information for you in the uh, guest archives.